Good evening, and welcome to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, or even only one episode. Dear listener, you may have noticed I sound particularly cheerful, for it is that time. It is Daisy of Love. With me, begrudgingly, is Noah Houlihan. Daisy, Daisy, you're driving me crazy! I almost wanted to break format because there were so many Daisy lines that I wanted to do. I, I was literally like, I don't know what line to say. So I'll do the song they play over and over again. It's Daisy of Love, not Daisy of Kill. Oh, I, I have a whole thing about that moment that made me very, very angry. So we are doing the 10th anniversary retrospective of Daisy of Love. Yes, This yes. is not endorsed. Because no one else would. This is not endorsed by literally anyone. Uh... But I watched the show first. I, I run. don't do. I don't endorse this. I. You know what? No, it is endorsed by one person, and it's me. Okay. Uh, I loved this show. Yeah. So, like, I'm really excited. This is my Wrestling Society X. Okay. Where this is like a show I really followed first run. This show came out right after I graduated college because I'm very right. old, and there was that summer after college where I was like a lost person because I didn't have a job yet. Yeah. And uh, I spent a lot of it watching this show. Cool. <laughs> So, this is a dating show. This is from the VH1 Celebrity uh, yes. series of shows that began with the surreal life. Right. And then if you draw the, like, conspiracy theory spider web of what happened. What begat what? Yes. Uh, surreal life begat flavor of love. and then Incorrect. It, oh, surreal life begat strange love. Strange love. With Brigitte and Flav, which begat flavor of love, which begat I Love New York. Yes. And then they decided they wanted to do a different flavor of love, so they got... They wanted... They kind of had the, like, R&B flavor of love with Flavor Flav, mm -hmm. and they wanted to do, like, a more rock and roll one, so they did Rock of Love with Brett Michaels. Uh, in season two, Daisy was the runner-up of Rock of Love, so she got her own show, Daisy of Love. I just want to emphasize how far we are from an actual celebrity. Yes, yes. There, these people are competing to date someone that a celebrity rejected. Yes. In the second season. Yes. Of his three-season run. Yes. This wasn't the one with the bus. No. Because I'm sure someone is listening going, wait, was that the one with the bus? No, it was not the one with the bus. Oh. <laughs> I love this show so much. So... The way these shows work, let's let's kind of go over the format because these shows are all very much the same. Uh, in my spare time, I've been watching her season of Rock of Love. Okay. Like, and these shows are formatted very similarly. There are 20 people are brought to a house. Usually there's a number of them who don't even get to stay the first night. Mm -hmm. There's a few of them who are quickly dispatched. And then the remaining, usually about 15, have to do challenges and challenge winners win dates with right. the uh, with Daisy, and then there's eliminations, and Daisy eliminates one or two, depending on where we are in the season, uh, bachelors per night. Right. And each of these episodes seems to take place over about two days. 
Day one is the challenge and usually the group date. Right. And then the next day is the solo date drama elimination. Right. That sounds about right. And that's usually how each episode is formatted, with some exceptions. Yes. The first episode's all over one night, for instance. Right. So that's kind of the format. Right. And the elimination line is, will you stay in this house and be my rock star? Mm-hmm. So that is kind of how we wanted to uh, just kind of, this is what the gameplay is supposed to look like. Yes. G- dating reality shows always have a very weird power balance because it's not a really good relationship because mm-hmm. uh, one person has all the cards because the other person can be dumped at literally any second and has no power in the relationship. Right. That's an important thing I want to emphasize is what the power dynamic usually looks like in a dating show. Yes. So let's talk about this opening sequence. Okay. All right. It's Ricky Rackman. Yes. Who is like... On the Cat House podcast. (laughs) Yeah, you might know him from the Cat House podcast. No, you probably know him as like... He was a VJ, right? Yeah. I know him from ignoring my tweets begging for stories about Daisy of Love. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But Ricky Rackman's the host, and we have this... Uh, opening sequence that's Ricky Rackman opening a door and then Daisy walks down an alley. Like, she's not anywhere interesting. The title sequence. Yes. And that's stupid. You think you got the best of me. You had about the best of me. Is this her song? I'm unsure. I don't think it is. Because, like, what is this theme song? Um, my, my big takeaway... It, no, it's from a band called Morningwood. Oh, I know Morningwood. Which I believe won... Real well. Um, I believe that won a VH1-based reality show. Morningwood? I believe so. Yeah, they they won a basement affair with uh, the entertainer. No, I'm I... I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I actually... No, they formed in uh, 2001. They were just uh, VH1 supported as like their pet indie band for a while. Um, what my big takeaway is from them is, or from the opening sequence, is it's someone being sexy, but who does, like, it reminds me of a 15-year-old girl who is, like, trying on her sexuality for the first time. I I was going to say it reminds me of a five-year-old girl wearing her mom's high heels that doesn't know how to walk in them. Yeah, like... There's something very um, inexperienced and, like, unpracticed about this opening sequence, which is very strange, because her physicality in the rest of the show is nothing like this. Very true. Like, her, she knows how to walk in heels, she knows how to move, and she knows how to, like, be sexy. I'm always uncomfortable watching this opening sequence, because to me it evokes such a, like, youthful... Like, youthful in a bad way. Yeah. Like, too young. Naived. Yeah, like, not even naive, too young. Yeah. Like, to me, that I'm like, this looks like a, like a pre-teenager. I went to modeling school, fun yeah. fact. Uh-huh. That's what that looked like. It reminds me, that I'm going real weird. Okay. It reminds me of the opening sequence of It Follows. Because <laughs> the opening sequence of It Follows is a girl, like, terrified running down the street in heels Mm -hmm. and you kind of have this reaction of like why are you running in heels oh she has no idea what she's doing okay and and that's exactly how this feels and 
I want to point out the brilliant foreshadowing that is this opening sequence. Okay. You think you've got the best of me. All right? So immediately, they're kind of establishing, like, she's not top of the pecking order. Because these guys think they have the best of her. Yeah. And she's like, nuh-uh, you don't. Which is not a situation the Bachelorette in one of these shows should have. Yeah, like, when, when you, you're the main prize. Like, here. when you watch Rock of Love, like, Brett does some really gross things because he can. Yeah. He's like, ah, I want a dance contest. Do it. The one that always sticks out to me is when he had the girl that he was already thinking of eliminating get the neck tattoo of yeah. his name. Mm-hmm. But, like, he does it because he knows he has all the power and he can. Yeah. And then... Because, and it's a gross dynamic. Right. It's very gross. But, like, she should have it. That's how these shows work. Yeah. And she, they're, like, kind of teasing in the song that she doesn't have it. Then, because her name is Daisy, she picks up a daisy. And she grabs the petals and goes, he loves me. He loves me not. There should not be he loves me nots on these shows. Right. It should be 12 people that are all super into her that makes it difficult for her to choose. Half these people do not like her. (laughs) Yeah, like, usually in these things, you see more of the contestants. Like, I'm thinking of, like, America's Next Top Model. Right. When in the title sequence you see each of the contestants. To me, it would have made sense to have each of the guys saying, like, she loves me. And then another guy, she loves me not. Yeah. Like. But that wouldn't be clever foreshadowing. And you could have foreshadowed it with some of the people who are, like, really, like, first two episodes gone. Like, the obvious chum. Yeah. Doing the She Loves Me Nots. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this show, more than any, has some real obvious chum. Okay. So let's, I guess, get into it. All right. Let's so, talk about those three chums. Uh, we got, I, I would say we have about five or six chum contestants. Right. Um, where, where should we start with the contestants? Okay. I think the, the kind of the best way to do this would be to, let's just go through the chum. Okay. Like quickly and just be like, cause they're, they're not really important. They don't have many storylines going through this. Yes. So let's just get rid of them. All right. So let's talk about, was it 86, 87, and 89? 84, 85, and 86. Ah. Named for, oh, and this is another thing that we need to emphasize as important. Uh, they do the nicknaming thing that Flavor of Love and I Love New York does. Rock of Love notably does not do it. Right. They get to go by their given names. The more cartoonish the main character is in these dating shows, the more likely they're using the naming conceit. Yes. Because Flavor of Love kind of started it because you got the idea that Flav could not remember real names. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll admit, I, I have a phobia of calling people the wrong name. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm all about nicknames. Yeah. Because it's a fun thing. And, it's like, and if I screw your nickname up, it's like, why did you call me that? Like, I don't know. I think it'd be fun. I've also started calling people Bud, and I'm trying to stop. Yeah, I am a 30-year-old woman who uses dude a little too liberally. Mm-hmm. So uh, I also have a theory of the more cartoonish they want the contestants to act, the more likely they are going to make them be another person. Yes. Um, And the nicknames also give you a good measure of who is chum. The Mm -hmm. dumber someone's nickname is, the less likely they're going to be around for the long haul. Yeah. So 84, 85, and 86 are Swedish triplets, Mm -hmm. which uh, VH1 very cleverly puts umlauts all over their subtitles because they have very thick Swedish accents. They are... Scavengers. I was going to say they're like 
they look like a British, not a British, um, they look like an 80s hairband. Yeah. Um, they look like if you bred together Abba and Motley Crue. Okay. <laughs> and they are scavengers. They are literally say to Ricky Rockman's face, we are here for food and booze. And food and pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Pizza, I believe they're dipping string cheese in salsa, calling it pizza. And no, they're yeah. dipping cold hot dogs in oh, okay. salsa. I couldn't tell because I was so grossed out by it. <laughs> it's insanely gross. Um, fun fact about the triplets, who are eliminated before the first elimination. Yes. Like, they're kind of like, okay, guys, that's funny, go well, home. Because they keep saying, like, you have to date all three of us. And my favorite line that they say is, It's like a sweetest smorgasbord. No, it's not. You're all the same person. <laughs> this episode aired April 26, 2009. In July 6, 2009, uh, a music video dropped by an up-and-coming artist who was enjoying okay. her first blush of fame, uh, Lady Gaga. Oh, really? 84, 85, and 86 are pictured all making out with Gaga in the paparazzi video. Really? Lady Gaga watches Daisy of Love confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> big fan, big fan. I, I really do think that, like, she probably watched that episode and was like, yeah, you know what? Bring get, it up. Get on it, VH1. Going Gaga, the Lady Gaga dating show. Uh, she's engaged, I believe. Don't care. Okay. Doesn't matter. Half half of the contestants were. And, like, Bradley Cooper shows up in, like, a mask and a mustache. Yeah. Come on. It'd be amazing. <laughs> So they're, they're eliminated outside the house, but Ricky Rockman very kindly tells them that they can take catering and booze with them for the road. Mm-hmm. And they do. And boy, do they. They they're just like, grab trays? Yeah, they're grabbing like chafing trays of catering and just carrying them out with them. And they're like eating it in the limo and they're like, thanks for the booze. <laughs> Goodbye. And that sets the tone for the whole show. Of Like the show is ridiculous. Uh, the other two people we lose in the pilot are Dropout. Who, uh, he was... I don't even remember. He was a goofball. Like, he was not... He wasn't, like, sexy enough for Daisy. He was mostly, like... He seemed very young. Okay. And I believe he was, uh... I believe he was actually, like, nicknamed because he dropped out of high school. That makes sense. (laughs) And then Torch. Not because of all the acid he does. Yeah, and then Torch, who was, uh... He, the most notable thing about him was he had, like, ombre, yellow, orange, red hair. Yes, he looked like a lit match. And he was speaking in Swahili, and it was, like, not a move that impressed Daisy. He, he, I don't think he actually was. I think he was speaking in insulting Swahili. Because all he's just like... <laughs> Look at you. That is Swahili. I mean, I don't speak enough, like... I don't speak any foreign language well, really. Um, but I actually do know that the clicking is a key part of a lot of languages. Uh, one of my colleagues at my real job does speak. Uh, he speaks Chaga, Swahili, and I think something else. Um, like, the clicking is part of the language. Yes. The key word is part. All he does is click. That's like saying I'm speaking Chinese and then just going ching chong, ching chong, ching chong. It's like... Yeah, there's that that noise is made, but that you're not making words right now. Yeah, I I guess I'm assuming that like I don't know enough to correct anybody about it. I'm just um, saying that if he was actually speaking Swahili, he w- might then say what I just said to you. Or they your eyes put, are pretty. They might have had subtitles. Just, instead of being like I'm real hammered. 
That's Swahili. I'm Torch. Speaking of very hammered, two uh two people get crazy drunk on the first night. On the first night, yes. Uh, you uh, this whole situation, Rock of Love and Flavor of Love are similar. Are bacchanalian parties? There's always any booze you want. Yes, available. All the booze you want. Any booze you want available. I'm sure if you were like, I would like, you know, if there was a beer you wanted, and you're like, oh, I'd really like. Corona, please. The producer would be like, Jim. Yes, Coronas. Bring a case of Coronas for the lady. Like, I believe that anything you want is available to you as far as food and drink. Yes, absinthe, please. (laughs) They'd probably find a way to get it. Like, but there are these back and there are no clocks in the house. Oh, it's like a casino. Yes, uh, because I was listening to an interview with another uh, contestant and they say there are no clocks in the house. They don't want you to know what time it is. They don't want you to have that awareness. So it is literally like living in a casino. London. Yes. Who passes is, out. Who is named because he's like, reminds Daisy of the like punk rock scene in London in the 80s. Yes. He is not British. No. And Weasel, who is best described as looking like the dude from The Big Lebowski. Yes. If you smashed him with Pauly Shore. Yeah. You'd get Weasel. Weasel! Who is, who is named for the Pauly Shore character. Uh-huh, yeah. Which is the only, like, successful pop culture reference Daisy makes in the entire... Correct. <laughs> so, uh, those are two people who both pass out. London is literally face down on the ground. Weasel yes. at least falls, like, passes out on a bed. Yes, he manages to make it to a bed. And uh, several of the other gentlemen, uh, frat boy, sharpie all over Weasel's face. Yes, they jigglypuff him. Yes, they jigglypuff him. Ooh, that's a joke we used to tell. Yeah. And just for... I just want to point this out. Weasel made it to bed and took his shoes off. London did not. By the rules of frat boying and jigglypuffing, London should have suffered this, not Weasel. Yes. That is 100% true and 100% fair. Uh, So those are our chums. I think... um. We should also mention in the chum pile, Professor. Yeah, Professor I never learned anything about. Uh, Professor's a teacher in real life, and his students probably find this clip every year and go like, Ha ha ha, look at you! Yeah, look at you! Look at you getting dumped! Because <laughs> literally, he has one conversation with Daisy where the editors emphasize how bored she is. Yeah. And the only reason he is not eliminated in the first episode is because I think she forgets him. Uh, I mean, he doesn't do anything terrible. He doesn't do anything egregious enough. Yeah. So he's eliminated in the second episode, but I would file him under Chum. Yeah. Because that's, like, what we said is probably longer than the screen time he has. Yeah, we don't, we don't have anything, like, interesting. They, they, they add no stories. They're just gone. So that leaves us with the rest of our guys, and let's kind of go through the show and yeah. what happens here. So we're going to, um, I, I think we're going to... Go over what's happening, and I'll explain the other gentlemen as their names arise. Yes. Uh, so, 12-pack is somebody who's really important to mention. Right. Because he has been on I Love Money, and he's already been on I Love New York. Yes. Daisy does not bother to rename him. No, it's like, ah, it's 12-pack. Yeah, like, this kind of feels like if 12-pack doesn't win, we're going to see, like, a case of 12-pack coming this fall. A case of 12-pack is... That's pretty good. Oh, good. I literally just came up with it in a Hail Mary. Uh, We meet 
Sinister and Chi-Chi. Yeah. And uh, Sinister is kind of like a rock guy. Like, he looks very My Chemical romance Yeah. But that's what rockers looked like in the late 2000s. Mm-hmm. And Chi-Chi, who is his roommate, who is my least favorite person on the show. Yeah. He is obsequious. He is the biggest brown noser. He has no, like, spine of his own. Yes, his name means boobs in Spanish. Yeah, he's from Chicago, which is how he gets the name Chi-Chi. But, like, his roommate gets nicknamed Sinister. Yes. And she means that as a good thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, and Chi-Chi kind of has, like, a very meek presence in the show. Yeah. And he, uh, we'll get into, like, he makes me very uncomfortable. Okay. Uh, this is where I took a note that Hulu is not censored for language. No. Uh, and the clip show is not censored for anything. No. Um, to our younger viewers, don't watch this on Hulu. (laughs) Yeah, don't watch this. Because there's a, a lot of things that you see. Yeah. Uh, and then we meet Crazy Mike, who insists on being called Crazy Mike, mm-hmm. but she calls him Flipper. Because he could do a backflip. He does a backflip and a man thong. That's his first impression. Mm-hmm. So after she goes through and meets everybody, uh, they do like a pool party, like a get to know you mixer. Like Flipper doesn't get enough attention and, according to my notes, goes, quote, Full Shane McMahon into the pool. Yeah, he climbs a structure. He climbs, like, scaffolding that I'm assuming was for lighting. Yeah, and then does a backflip into the pool. And I want to point out, after he, like, lands in the pool, he stands up, and it's, like, waist deep. Yeah, it was not a good idea. Like, that's... And he's fine. Like, it's kind of impressive what he just did. Yeah. He just did a backflip of probably... 10 feet in the air? He jumped off something 10 feet up into 4 feet of water? Would it surprise you to find out that uh, Crazy Mike is in fact a stuntman? It would not surprise me. Yeah, so that's... But not in the, like, yeah, I'm the body double for X. No. In the, yeah, Jackass wouldn't let me be part of the show. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm Crazy Mike and welcome to Jackass. Uh... But Crazy um, Flipper is important because he is the first one to find London on the floor and actually does, like, kind of go, like, dude, you okay? And, like, kind of turns him over so he doesn't throw up on himself. Yeah, that's how Hendrix died. Yeah, like, he kind of, like, has a moment where he's the... Sane Mike? The sanest person in the house. Um, But he doesn't, like, pick him up. He just kind of, like, rolls him over and is like, you okay? And then London kind of, like, moans and he's like, cool. Yeah. Daisy finds him on the floor and then just, like, steps over his body. And says one of the first dumb things that Daisy... The Daisy talking heads are so awkward. Yes. This is the first one I wrote down. I, I feel... There's so many times where Daisy is on screen and just her presence just makes me involuntarily go, I hate this person. And like, <laughs> it's not so bad in the parts where she's interacting with people. It's the talking heads yeah. that are particularly bad. To the point where like... Either she's just not a very good actress, which is totally credible, um, or she's just very stiff and awkward in this kind of thing, or she's clearly being fed lines that she can't. If you and you can actually tell it when she's being fed lines, because like she, if she's being fed lines, she just kind of says it kind of robotically. If she's trying to be off the cuff, she makes this noise. <laughs> 
Because, like, like she, ne- she, me- she needs to make a delay mid-sentence to think of new words. Yeah. Like, every time they're there, it's just, oh, a pain. Yeah, so the first one is, this is I Love Daisy, or this is Daisy of Love, not I Love Liquor. That being said, no, all of these shows are I Love Liquor. You have to understand that. This is Daisy of Love. Like, she really likes saying that it's her show. Um... So, we have the first elimination. London and Weasel have rallied enough to attend the uh, elimination. Yes, but Weasel is unaware of what has been written on his face. Yeah. Weasel and London are both allowed to stay. And uh, Dropout and Torture, gone. Yes. That's episode one. That's going to be the longest we spent on an episode because that was building a lot of what the gameplay is. Yeah. So, the challenge is a talent show. And it's like, Daisy's dressed up as a sexy teacher. Yes. And you have to kind of do it like a show and tell or a talent show. And uh, Weasel starts off and Weasel suddenly shows that he has hidden depths. Like yes. he's secretly brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like he was an engineer. Right. And he did motocross and he's been hospitalized. And he is the living embodiment of YOLO. Yes. He just wants to live on a boat and party. Yeah. I have a theory of I may have run into Weasel in a hotel. Really? In my life. Um, He's from New Jersey. and Weasel is? Yes. Oh. And I I have a story of staying in a hotel with my best friend. And we got upgraded to a room with a jacuzzi. And a creepy guy who was like the dude uh, tried to get into our hotel room. And I can't prove it wasn't Weasel now that I'm thinking about it. Interesting. Uh, This is where we first meet Fox. Fox. Um, Fox is a hairdresser. Fox is a hairdresser. And he's bad at words. He is very poorly spoken, uh, but thinks he's very eloquent. Yeah. He uses large words, but not well. And he gives Daisy a sex toy. Now, one of the things that they try to establish is Fox is the best looking out of all the guys. Yes. Do you agree with this? I do not. Who is the best looking of all the guys? I mean, it's super objective. Or super subjective. I would say, for, to me, Flex is the best looking. Now, I I feel like when it came to Fox, they're they're talking specifically about his face. Because, like, Flex and 12-pack are clearly in better shape. Facially, I like Flex better. Okay. I Um, just wanted to to clarify. Yeah. Uh, Fox is a bit of a dandy. A dandy? Yeah, like he's, you know, he's heterosexual, but he's very, like, uh, I, be- I guess if I wanted to use a current slang term, it'd be metrosexual. No, I'm just, now I'm just imagining Fox with a powdered wig, like, yes, hmm. But if he'd been alive in that time period, he absolutely would What would've. a great day for the colonies. I mean, I could picture it. Um, <laughs> but he's a fop. Yes. He is very... Fop. If either of them knew the word fop, I'd be shocked. <laughs> um, so they kind of just do like flex. We meet flex now and he's attractive, but he's stated to be very young. He's 22. Yes. Everyone else is in like 25, 26 range. He like does a skit with a blow up doll. Yeah. And Daisy's We're like. Covered in blood. Yeah. It's very <laughs> strange. Uh, 12 pack symbol- symbolically throws away his past because 12 packs issue is. 
Daisy's like, well, you've been on a reality TV show before, but then so have I. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm you're here for me or you're here for another TV show, but I've been in two TV shows, so I can't really be mad at you. Mm-hmm. So she's unsure about whether she trusts 12-pack. Yes. This is a great way to introduce all these characters. Yeah. Cage is a cage fighter. Yes. That's how he got his name. And he offers her his belt. Yes. And the 24-7 championship. Essentially, yeah. It it looks about that well designed. And somebody makes a comment about, like, how they can't figure out how your pants would stay up. Oh, Daisy. Oh, yeah. Daisy does not understand. I don't understand. This belt is humongously gigantic. So how is it supposed to hold your pants? I, I don't understand. Big Rig has a picture of his son. Yes. Uh, Big Rig is a trucker. Yes. Uh, Cable Guy reads a bad poem. He got his name for being a cable guy. Yeah. Which kind of is one of those obvious chum Mm -hmm. names where it's like, ooh, you're not going to be around for the long haul. You got a crap name. Uh, Sinister Dances. Toolbox is a stripper with a gigantic mohawk. Yes. Gigantic mohawk. And he strips, right? I think that's what he does. Yes. Uh, Six Gauge is a bartender. What is Six Gauge named for, Noah? Six Gauge is is named for the size of the piercing he has in his penis. It is a Six Gauge penis piercing. Yes, and Daisy goes on about how that's the size of her thumb. Yes. Which I'm looking at currently and going, oh no. Because I have small hands. That's Mm -hmm. terrifying. Yeah. Um, Basically, he's been turned into a door knocker. (laughs) Oh, God. Um... But Six Gauge is a bartender, and he makes a custom pink daisy shot for her. Yes. Based on, like, what he thinks she likes Mm -hmm. and how he feels about her. And this is a booming success. Oh, yeah. 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 Daisy thinks it's a great talent. Uh, She gets a boozy drink. Daisy likes the shot. And it kind of sets Six Gauge apart in a good way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chi-Chi reads a report out about his life. Which has been, and it's just sad on top of sad on top of sad. Uh, But the other guys, like, rally around him in a way that's very nice. Like, no one's bullying him, no one's being crappy. Right. And then Flipper. Yeah, Flipper does a a rap. Yes. Oh, also, London doesn't finish his. (laughs) London wrote a song. But didn't finish it. He got two lines done. And one of the lines he took from Daisy's face, uh, MySpace page. MySpace. It's, I think we might have to pause the episode. Have we found Daisy's MySpace page? And we're back. We have found Daisy's MySpace page. Yeah, and it has her song pretty messed up, which is part of a challenge later. Um, it's very much a music MySpace page. It doesn't yes. have the personal things that usually like a MySpace would have. Like, the connections, no one is anyone from the show. <laughs> yeah, we can't see her top eight. Is that even a thing anymore? I mean, there's eight people here, but they're all producer- producers and production. Um, For me, I'm really glad MySpace is not around anymore. Yay. I think you can still find mine. I can't get rid of it. Yeah, mine's locked and I can't get rid of it. I don't, I don't have the email address anymore. <laughs> so, uh... They give gold stars to Chi-Chi, Six-Gage, and Weasel. Yes. And then London, Fox, and Flex uh, get detention slips. And to redeem themselves, which this is a conceit that only shows up in this episode, never again, yeah. is losers of a challenge. 
they have to give a group of little old ladies laugh dances. Mm-hmm. The old ladies and Ricky have the time of their lives with this. Right. Because all three guys, I will say, do commit to the bit. Mm-hmm. And London wins. Yes. Oh, also, Flipper writes a diss track. Yeah. Where he badly insults everybody. And when I say badly, I don't mean like he was vicious and cut to the quick. I mean like he does it poorly. Yeah, it's just not enjoyable. Yo, yo, yo! If I keep doing stunts, I might get hurt and get some stitches. Unlike Toolbox, I'm not here for the bitches. Fox isn't a rock star, he's a dork. 12-pack doesn't want Daisy, he wants New York. It reminded me of a rap I wrote in probably third grade. He's having trouble reading it off the speech. Apparently he didn't do very well in school. Somebody get London deodorant, he smells like a skunk. I'm like, that's the best you got. I shower regularly. Weasel likes to get really, 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 really drunk. Cage has a tattoo on his face like Mike Tyson. I'm worried Brooklyn's gonna start shooting and slicing. Come on, man. In Brooklyn, we don't use bullets and knives. We use bats. Big Rig's got an attitude. He likes to push and shove. That's a rap on Daisy of Love. Flipper is kind of like shocked no one likes him. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. It's just... Nobody likes me. I thought it was a good rap song. And he's rude to Cable Guy who happens to be cross-eyed. Yes. So, like, he's very rude to Cable Guy about it. And Chi-Chi and Cage intervene, and they kind of are like, don't touch him. Uh, Flipper breaks a bottle on his head, bleeds all over everybody. Hit me! Just do it! Hit me! I'll hit me! And then everybody restrains Cable Guy, because they don't want Cable Guy to be sent home. They know this is something that'll get rid of Flipper, but they don't want Cable Guy to be collateral damage. Right. So he dismisses Daisy, or he goes to Daisy's room. She asks him to sit. Well, first he goes and looks at himself in the mirror as blood pours down his face. He's like, that's nothing. Yeah. This is not fine. (laughs) And then he, like, flips her off. She dismisses it. And then she kicks him out. Mm Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't want him to quit. She wants to kick him out. It's that power balance. Yes. It's she, already being disrupted. Yeah. She didn't want him to quit in his own accord. Right. And then Flipper left his shoes. Uh, Big Rig pees, on, pees in one of his shoes. And in these weird, like, it is like a frat house. And they have these weird moments of solidarity with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flex is like, only fill it halfway. I'll top it off. Yeah. And everyone's cool with it. Mm-hmm. So that's the beginning. Like Flipper, I watched a an interview filmed the morning after he left. Yeah. And the best way to describe Flipper is he is a specific kind of annoying from a certain time period. Yeah. To our younger viewers. If you're under the age of maybe like 20, this might be a hard one to like grasp. But there is a very specific type of late 2000s annoying. Yeah. The wannabe Bam Margerid. Yes. Like, it's, I was too young to be on Jackass, but I want to be the new Jackass. Mm -hmm. And, like, that faux, edgy, like, I'm crazy. He's the type of guy that would spit into a camera lens. Yeah, I... (laughs) Like, that's the best way I could explain it. Well, in the video I watched, he's trashing the hotel room, he gargles a bunch of mouthwash, and spits it all over the mirror, because they're in a hotel room on VH1's Dime. Okay. And his whole thing is, like... My thought is, like, someone who VH1 is not paying has to clean that up. Yeah. Like, the you're not showing VH1 
you are making a woman whose life is already not great life a little worse. Mm -hmm. But, like, this is the kind of person who's not going to think like that. So then we have uh, the Brooklyn drama starts now. Yes, Brooklyn. Uh, so we have Brooklyn. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Brooklyn is, like, very flashy. He's from Brooklyn. That's why he's named Brooklyn. And... Daisy. So clever. <laughs> Oof. Uh, I think the producers named some of these people. Uh, I think the producers named some of the characters who go further. Probably. So, Brooklyn gets a phone call and it's a girlfriend. And they're arguing because uh, Brooklyn didn't really tell her he was going on the show. And they have unfinished business. So... There is a repeated clip that we see as the phone rings all night in the house of someone saying, Chris has a girlfriend. Yeah. Chris has a girlfriend. Chris has a girlfriend. Now, I have to just talk about this dynamic for a minute. Okay. As someone that's watched a lot of reality shows, they always remove you from the outside world. Yes. How is there a phone? There's, I believe in the celeb realities, there's always been a phone. That's insane to me. Like, I understand if it's, like, the surreal life and, like, your agent can call you and be like, yo, I have this Oscar bait movie for you. But for this one, like, I don't understand why any of these people need to talk to the outside world in a show where the whole point is removing you from the outside world. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because I know that other... I can think of other shows where being on the phone is a factor. Um, In America's Next Top Model... There is a sequence where a girl is broken up with by her boyfriend yeah. while she's on the show. Shandy, I want to say. Yeah, she ha she has sex with that guy in the hot tub. Yeah, yeah. That also aired a lot during that particular summer on VH1. So, the celebrity reality shows, to my knowledge, have always had a phone. I find it odd. That's all I'm saying. I mean, the phone is it key in two episodes in the show. It's key. It's key often. Yeah, in but in two episodes in this show in particular. Mm -hmm. So they have a surfing date, six gauge. Uh, Chi-Chi and Weasel have a date. And then the guy's rat on Brooklyn. Yeah. So we have the elimination. And Daisy sends home Weasel and the professor. Yes. Uh, Ricky thinks that she should have kept the professor and gotten rid of Brooklyn. Yeah, she keeps Brooklyn despite everything. Which is opening up another theme of Daisy does whatever Daisy wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode three opens up on a gross sight gag about Big Rig dreaming of Daisy. Yeah. Where we see, like, some of the, you know, greatest hits of sexy things Daisy has done. And then it pans up to a bottle of lotion by the bed. Yeah. It's a gross yeah. sight gag. Well, I have to say, the editors of these shows are phenomenal. And they are having a great day. Like, it, like, I thought back to, like, even Flavor of Love, like, where they had the one character who's every time she blinked, they added, like, a bell. Yes, a hottie. Like, th the work that these editors do, and I'm not just saying this because I, I think I know the editor of this show, uh, are incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Shout outs to Noel, if you're out there. Uh, but, yeah, they, they put together something, like, incredible. Yeah, and, like... They have a lot of fun with it, and it makes the shows better. Absolutely. So the challenge for episode three is a bodyguard challenge, because Daisy's quote, quote, famous, and people might be after her. So there's uh, three teams, 
who need a to carry a mannequin of Daisy around while snipers shoot them with paintballs. Yes. I'm going to real quick throw out the conceit that I hate in this show, which is what I've come up with today. Like out of any of these shows, this is the one that's the least believable that Daisy came up with anything. Well, it's all it's a lot of things Daisy's never done. Yeah, like Daisy's like I've never been surfing. Or okay, chooses that as an early date. Yeah, it's like, all right, sure, Daisy. You, like, she, it's never believable that she's had a thought. It's, I'm sorry, but like, you can tell the lack of her input on this show. Yes, you can tell that she like kind of is along for the ride as much as they are. Yeah. Uh, the teams perform pretty poorly. Uh, what's notable is that Brooklyn is picked last. Fox uses the mannequin as a shield to shield himself, mm-hmm. and. Chi-Chi, Sinister, 12-Pack, and London win. Yes. And then Brooklyn admits that he lied during the last elimination. Ricky lights him up, and he is thrown off the show. Yeah. Field elimination. Mm-hmm. This isn't during a ceremony. And then the editors imply that the paintball snipers kill him. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was great. Um, <laughs> so, so we're up to two people who uh, are limit who quit. Yes. Flipper and... Uh, Brooklyn. And Brooklyn. Yeah, who were like, kind of, you can't fire me, I quit, quitting. So then the guys start to primp because they're going to go to the club tonight with Daisy. Mm -hmm. Sinister has won a solo date. Yes. So there's this whole, like, primping montage, and Fox laughs at everybody, including himself. Fox is like, it's like living in a house full of girls because they're all, like, really primping. Mm -hmm. Um, And Flex... Makes the first comment that I remember. Actually, he does use the R slur that we talked about in the Clerks episode uh, before this. But he also, like, kind of makes a transphobic comment that, like, the guys who are primping are mad at their dads. And, like, Flex is a very specific type of late 2000s person as well. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, a nice guy who has these very unprogressive thoughts that, like, you wouldn't here on tv in the 2010s from a guy who is supposed to be depicted as a good guy yeah so they're in sinister is supposed to have one-on-one time with daisy at the club daisy straight up forgets about him yeah she has a great time hanging out with everybody um daisy gets mad that fox is not fighting hard enough for her attention uh and then we have toolbox getting weirdly handsy with everybody Yelling, bromance! Oh, yeah, yeah. He likes all the guys. Toolbox keeps running his mouth about how he keeps calling women bitches. Yeah. And he's already done it once in the first episode, and he does it again. Let's get some more bitches in here. And, like, Flex kind of uh, files that away, because he's going to rat on him. And then uh, they have a body painting date. Mm -hmm. Uh, It goes great with London, 12-pack, and Sinister. And Chi-Chi is just super creepy and aggressive to try to, like, mark his territory with Daisy. Yeah. Literally. With paint. Yes. Um, Daisy tries to talk to Toolbox to straighten everything out, and he just gives her a really, really aggressive lap dance. A violent lap dance. Yes. Okay, so... The clip from this in the clip show is pretty funny. Like, this is what I want you to imagine, all right? All right. The woman is sitting in a chair. The man is seated on the floor. With her ba- his back to her, mm-hmm. grabs behind the knees, and then flips up backwards and smacks her in the face with his balls. Yeah, and she is not 
not happy about it. So then we have the elimination. Cable Guy and Toolbox are both eliminated. And this is the first elimination ceremony where there's, like, drama. Because, like, Toolbox and Cable Guy won't fight for her and they won't work for her attention. And Toolbox kind of quits. Yeah. Toolbox half quits. Yeah. So that we'll put them in the quitter category. Yes. And then Daisy leaves the elimination in tears. Yes. Yeah, so Toolbox does quit. He was going to get a chain, but he doesn't accept it and leaves. So she leaves the elimination in tears. And then Ricky kind of tells him, like, she's not coming back. And the remaining men are solemn and respectful of that. Mm-hmm. Then we get our first good pro- post-credit scene that they yeah. run during the credits. It is Flex, Fox, and Sinister making a cake shirtless because reasons. Yeah, in... Th- in the Hulu run, like, whenever there's credits, there would usually be, like, half the screen is credits, half the screen is promotion for whatever VH1 is pushing. But in the event that there's no promotion, because it's on Hulu, they had to have something there. And it's always something that's kind of fascinating. It's like a weird slice of life of what it's like to be in this home. Yeah, and, like, they're making a cake mm-hmm. that we've never seen. Yeah, the cake never comes up again. And Fox and Flex are shirtless. You get the idea that they're, like, drunk night baking. Mm-hmm. Which, Ooh, night as, baking. as a young lady, I understand drunk night baking, because I've been there. So, episode four. Yes. Music challenge. They're going to be playing nursery rhymes, because they're copyright free. Yeah. At the Knitting Factory, which is a real venue. Mm-hmm. And she makes Six Gauge, London, and Sinister the team captains, because they're in bands. Right. And uh, Sinister doesn't pick Chi-Chi. And it's drama. Drama, drama. So, the uh, Six Gauge band, they're naked. And they've, like, drawn tattoos on themselves. Yes. They're, they're, oh, what do they call themselves? Oh, God. I don't have it. D. The Daisy, the Daisy Blades? No, no, that was another band. They're something in the Daisies or. Oh, God. I don't, I didn't. I feel like there's one that's called the Daisy Chains. Yeah, I didn't take notes on this one. Oh. Like, I didn't take notes on. They all have terrible names. Yeah, I didn't take the notes. The Daisy Blades won. Right. Oh, okay. They are Chip and Daisy. Chip and Daisy. Chip and How It's the forget? worst pun. It's so terrible. It's amazing. Sinister's team is the Daisy Train, and they do the best musically. Yeah. And then Cage, Chichi, and London do the Daisy Blades, and they win, despite the fact that, like, their song has nothing to do with See, Row, 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 Your Boat. This is the challenge that it starts to kind of become apparent that, like, the way you stay on the show is be the most entertaining. Like, you really don't have to impress Daisy. Right. The point is to be the most entertaining, because that's how you stay. Like, it almost explains Flex's motives of the bloody blow-up doll. Yeah. Because that's like, while it doesn't, you know, invoke the connection that, like, Chi-Chi's letter or Big Rig's, you know, picture of his son will do, like, that's something that people would discuss because it's crazy. Yeah, it's like the water cooler moment. Yeah. So, they go on a group date. Even though Sinister's team clearly wins and the other judges say Sinister's team wins, Daisy chooses London's team. Yeah. This is where the game starts to break. Yes. Because Daisy starts to show obvious favoritism in the challenges in a way that I don't recall seeing on Flavor of Love, I Love New York, Rock of Love, any of those. The blatant 
it doesn't matter who won the challenge, Daisy's going to pick who she wants. Yeah, she just wants to pick London. And, like, they actually do a good job of, like, showing this where, like, London's band's playing and it's terrible. And then they cut out all the music except for London's voice mm-hmm. and add better music. Yeah. And it's like, this is what Daisy hears. Yeah! So obviously, I've always been attracted to musicians and London. I just want to make out with him. I actually really, really like that song, and I would totally jam out to it on the radio. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's, like, I didn't expect such well direction here in the Daisy of Love team, but hey. Because, like, Sinister's band just does sound better. He's got a vaguely Blink-182-y sound in his voice. Yeah. It's not bad at all. So she takes the team of the Daisy Blades, which is Cage, Chi-Chi, and London. So it's also important to say that, like, Chi-Chi has managed to come along for the ride in all the group dates so far. Yeah. Uh, So London is talking, is like talking about how he's kind of between homes right now. All I can think of is John Ralphio. Yeah. Technically, I'm homeless. <laughs> um, and London gets emotional, and Cage gets the alone time. And we kind of learn a lot about Cage. He's had a very hard life. He's lost both of his parents. He started out fighting in alleys for money, and now he's a cage fighter. Uh, London doesn't feel like he's getting enough attention, so he starts to drink and sulk and pick fights. And they get into a big fight in the limo. Right. So what the other guys see is London coming in screaming, Daisy comes in crying, 12-pack and Flex are furious. Flex is still wearing all of his makeup from uh, the challenge. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder why he's wearing all of his makeup. And it occurs to me now, he didn't know how to take it off. It, there's also a good chance that, because he's wearing, like, eyeliner and mm-hmm. stuff, right? He There's a good chance he did it in Sharpie. Oh, I really wish that weren't true. Yeah. Like, I really wish I could be like, no, no one's that, you know what? Uh, yeah, probably. So London flips out. My name is Joshua Lee. Do you know that? I'm Joshua Lee. I'm a real person, man. Yeah, and looks to camera. And yeah. I actually have a moment where I'm like, oh. He looked into the camera lens. <laughs> like, they do a really good job of not doing that. Yeah. But he, like, breaks the fourth wall, and it hurts. It hurts to see the wall fall. And, like, Flex in his talking head. My name is TJ Markowitz. I am a real person. Which is funny, because you learn two real names immediately. L- London and Daisy are fighting, and then we see the power balance get really corrupted. Because they're fighting, they're both sitting facing each other. And then Daisy gets off her chair to sit closer to him, but is on her knees and asks him to stay. Yeah. So, like, the ch- the balance is super screwed for what it's supposed to be. Like, it makes me wonder, like, she had already gone through Rock of Love. And Rock of Love, her position in that show was to be infatuated with this one guy. Yeah. Like, she doesn't know the other role. Yeah. They do, like, a truth or dare game 
And she gives 12-pack and cage these, like, really softball dares. She's like, I dare you to arm wrestle each other. Mm -hmm. And they do, and it's fun. But then she asked London why he was kicked out of his house. Yeah. So she gives, like, these really softball truths or dares to the others. And then Ricky comes, and London freaks out because he notices the imbalance. Well, I want it to be noted that his original reasoning for why he got kicked out of the house was, my dad pretended like I hit him. Yeah. Immediately it's like, mm, really? Well, is that is that what happened? Well, London's story is... Because I, I read up a little more on this. London, uh, in interviews, has claimed that like his father had addiction issues. He had moved in with his father to help him. Okay. He was kicked out. He was going planning to move back to New York and was couch surfing for a week because there was no point in finding a place to live. That he wouldn't be in for a month. Okay. Because he was about to do a reality show. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Which he does actually seem to attempt to explain. Okay. He then, does say, then like... I've, the editors, I've been doing nothing but praising you. I mean, the editors are telling a story. Yeah. London kind of needs to look like a crappy dude. Yeah. Uh, because Ricky comes in and is like, you need to get rid of London. And... Um, Daisy's like, no... London, but, uh, London offer is offered his chain, and he declines it. Yes. The episode kind of just ends. Mm-hmm. Like, mid-ceremony, everyone else stays. And then the next episode kind of opens on Cage feeling like London has now made, or Daisy has made his connection with her feel cheap mm. because of how overshadowed his time with her was with her time with London. Yes. That we have four quitters. Just want to bring that up. Right yes. Now. Four quitters at this point. So, uh, Big Rig, get, Big Rig, we start to see the divide between nice guys and good guys in this episode to me. Okay. All right. That's a nice way to put it. Um, it's a good way to put it. <laughs> Big Rig gets up, makes coffee, and brings her coffee and Fig Newtons. Yes. Which he says, like, she told me these were her favorite cookie. Mm-hmm. This is a good guy move. Yeah. Because um, one of my favorite Christmases with a significant other, uh, they remembered a bunch of things I said, and every Christmas gift they got me was something I specifically mentioned at some point in passing. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's the kind of stuff that's, like, a really good move. And she is really, like... Kind of taken aback because it's a genuinely nice thing that she didn't have to work for. Like, Big Rig just does it to make her feel better. And Daisy says, like, I feel really cared about right now. Yeah. And, like, it's a really nice little moment, which juxtaposes them with Big Rig in the pan lotion from previously. Yeah. And the challenge this week is they're going to produce a photo shoot for the cover of her single. So it's two teams. Yes. Yeah, it's two teams of four. It's Chi-Chi, 12-pack, Big Rig, and Cage. And then Sinister, Fox, Flex, and... I for some reason didn't write down who the eighth guy was, and now it's like the seven dwarves where I'm like, who was it? Sinister, Fox, uh, 12-pack... Okay, wait, it's six-gauge, Sinister, Fox, and Flex. Chi-Chi, 12-pack, Big Rig, Cage. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. So they're doing uh, photo shoots for her pretty messed up single. Right. So the Team 12-pack is doing, like, a Marilyn Monroe look. 12-pack is the model, because one of the guys gets to model with Daisy. Right. 
And they do like a very old Hollywood look. Mm -hmm. And everyone's kind of mad that 12 12 Pack is upstaging Daisy. And just making out with her. Yeah. So in the other, uh, the other team, Flex, who's the model, is very much a supporting player. They kind of give her this like very late 2000s, um, hot mess look. Yeah. Like stylized hot mess. And that was like a look back then. Like early Kesha look. Mm -hmm. And Flex is like standing in the back, kind of like her enforcer or whatever. Yeah. And Flex says repeatedly, this isn't my photo shoot. This isn't my photo shoot. Yeah. To the point where like Fox jumps in. I just want to take some pictures with her. (laughs) And they keep saying, only Daisy, look at the camera. Only Daisy. And Fox like can't not look at the camera. Mm -hmm. So Fox isn't even a good model. No. Because, again, I went to modeling school. It didn't go particularly well. But even I know you don't look at the camera unless told to. Right. Fox then asks who Marilyn Monroe is. His team wins and Fox wins MVP because to Daisy, Fox has done a lot. He did her hair and makeup. Right. And he did uh, the modeling with Flex. Right. So he wins MVP and he gets this weird toga date. Yeah. And there's a very interesting part where I realize the producers don't like Fox that much. Because I've seen the, you see the mic packs from time to time. Right. Particularly on Daisy, who's often wearing like a bikini. You will see the mic pack on the small of her back. Mm-hmm. They give Fox a black toga, but his mic pack is like white. Yeah. So he looks like, like he's kind of wearing like a girdle almost. Yeah. Or like an ace bandage around his waist. So I was like, mm, I don't think the producers like you very much. No. And they have a date full of just insane conversation. It's about, you know, dating someone that, that can, you know, be on your level and being like, you know, what, I'm going out tonight. And then you're like, OK, then I'm going out, too. And then you're like in the back of your head, you're like, wow. Oh, my God. OK. Well, I think that we're a power couple. Why do you believe that? Because we're amazing, we look hot together, and I mean, I feel that the chemistry's there, and we have fun, and I understand how you roll. Because, you know, it's like, uh, when you think about it, it's just a moment between, like, two people and, like, all these camera guys. And then, um, meanwhile, in the house, a skunk has got in. Yes, this is the skunk attack! Yes. A skunk gets into the house. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna ask you this right away. Yes. Do you buy this? Um... I kind of do, and I I buy that a skunk is in, like, the skunk's not superimposed. I don't think the skunk is, I think he was placed in the house. I think he was placed in the house as well. I also don't think he actually sprayed anybody. Or if he did, he, like, sprayed the, because they never bring up the house or 12-pack smelling like skunk again. That is true. And that would linger. Yeah. I think there is a, like, I'm pretty sure it's either a young skunk and doesn't have like its scent developed yet Hmm. because obviously like big rig and flex do throw up so there is smell in play yeah but 12 pack or the kitchen would still smell like it the next day that is and it's never brought up again true and i can't imagine the vh1 editors would turn down the opportunity to keep showing them trying to catch the skunk. Also, why are they all in their underwear? They're constantly all in their <laughs> underwear. Underwear. Like, because my first thought was, like, maybe they don't want to risk getting skunk on their clothes, which kind of makes sense. Yeah. But also now it's just a bunch of grown men in their underpants chasing a skunk. Well, I, like, I also kind of feel like if a skunk got in the house, 
I, as a contestant, would go, producers, skunk in that room. I'm going to go in this room. Yeah. <laughs> There's a wild animal in there. Yeah. But they're like, no, crawl on your belly and hold the pool cue. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch nothing else from this show, watch this sequence. It's amazing. Like, they're really dumb, but it's really funny. Yeah. Um. So they have a, uh, the group date the next day is Fox, uh, Flex, Sinister, and Six Gage go to a skate park. They all suck at it. Yeah. But Flex tries, falls, and cuts himself. Cuts his hand open. Uh, Six Gage in the limo shows Daisy his penis. Yes, we don't see it. And then... Can, uh, you, can you see if you can find Six Gage's penis online? I, no, I'm not okay. going to do that. All right, just thought I'd ask. Uh, this is an audio podcast, so I I know, but feel... I want to know! <laughs> I... I don't need to do that for science. All right. So we get to that. It up on my phone. We get to that night, and uh, Cage gets super drunk and he's super mad. And Kate, like Flex, make they're making fun of Fox because making fun of Fox is like their favorite activity. Flex uh, takes the crown of laurel off Fox and chucks it in the fire. Oh right, this Cage is great. picks it up, tries to shove it down his pants. Flex tries to intervene and gets his hand burned. Now, Laura, you may say, didn't Flex just cut his hand? Yes. So Flex is having a bad day. He also sprains his ankle in the skate park episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he is banged up by the end of this episode. So then Cage picks a fight with Six Gage. It gets physical. 12-pack gets in between them. And Flex puts Cage in a submission hold. We actually do see a producer at this point get involved. Yeah. And then Daisy actually acknowledges the producers came and found her. I have an update. Okay. I found I found 12 Cage's penis. Okay. It appears he has taken it out. So I just saw his penis for no reason. <laughs> and then we get my But favorite. he did play girl. And then I get my favorite line. It's I don't want to endanger anyone. I mean this is called Daisy of Love, not Daisy of Kill. Oh! Alright. I have two huge issues with this. One I can explain right now. It's Daisy of Love, not Daisy of Kill. Kill, not the opposite of love! Yeah. It should be Daisy of Hate. Or Daisy of War. Or Daisy of War! But no, she goes, Daisy of Kill. Yeah. I don't think she was fed that line. No, I, I I bet she was fed. It's Daisy of War, and she said it wrong. Oh my god! Because she says it's Daisy of Love, not Daisy of Kill. So Cage, just uh, do you have another reason, or are you gonna? Uh, put I'll, put, I'll put it. Put the pin in. All right. So then Cage wants to fight Flex. The elimination is really rough. Right. Uh, she lets Cage go because Cage does not. Promise that he won't try to fight another guy in the house. Well, Cage actually says... All I can think about is Flex. Getting to Flex. How I can get to Flex. How I can make him pay for doing what he did to me. I've been training to fight since I was five years old. Six to eight hours a day my whole life. It's what I know best. I do it better than anybody, dude. Like, I take people out. It's easy for me, dude. Like, it's easy for me to hurt people. It's real easy for me like I don't know what happened 
I think it was just a misunderstanding because there's a lot of emotions. Okay, so, so I'll tell just you what, let us, let us de-mic ourselves, go to the bottom of the hill, no cameras, see who walks back, and then that gets who's, that is who gets to stay. Let's just do it like that. Can we just do it like that? Yeah. It's like, what did you just say? Flex isn't, like, down to fight him. Flex would if he had to, but isn't, like, into it. No, Flex's exact words will, I will kill him. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, so, Daisy then says she grew up with violence and she can't condone violence. And uh, they let Cage go. Six Gage looks really upset by the whole situation. Because Six Gage, like, was part of how it started. Mm-hmm. But wasn't involved in the fight. Uh, the elimination is cancelled. And Daisy is crying on her bed. And the end is a stinger of London's picture on the floor. Yeah. With the song, Daisy, Daisy, You're Driving Me Crazy Again. hmm Episode ends. Next episode. You gotta remember London. Yeah. He's gone, though. No, right but now. I should also point out, another person not eliminated. Yes. Quitter got thrown off. Uh, seven men remain in seven episodes. Now, usually there's three people left in the final episode, and there's a clip show. Yeah. So you can say there's seven men across six episodes. There's still one too few men. Yeah. This is the tap out challenge. They're doing a an MMA challenge. Um, Flex is miserable. This is my problem. We just did a whole episode about how it is not Daisy of Kill, and she hates violence. And then we're supposed to believe the next day she's like, I want to see y'all fight. Yeah, the whole thing is like she she tries to justify it by like, you guys have been acting like animals. So you're going to take out your aggression in the cage. So they do, uh, they have a they have the fight. So it's Chi-Chi versus Fox. Sinister will fight whoever wins that fight. Yes. Big Rig v. 12-pack, Flex v. Gage. Um, Flex dropped the immortal line. Great, now I got to fight Franken-Penis. <laughs> Fox taps out in 38 seconds. Yeah, from a waist lock. Yes. Like, come on, dude. Like, Fox. I know I'm not in the cage and, like, I know I'm a fragile person, but you tapped out to a hug. <sighs> to be fair, I would tap out if Chi Chi tried to hug me, too. Yeah, all right. Uh, big Rig and 12 Pack, Big Rig wins definitively. Yeah. 12 Pack tried. Yeah. Uh,. <laughs> Flex manages to tap out Six Gauge. Yes. And Flex is, like, injured already. Yeah. A a battered Flex wins the match. And Sinister gets some offense in, but Chi-Chi decidedly wins. Well, Chi-Chi doesn't want to fight his friend. So he's, like, not going in for the kill and, like, just kind of toying with him. And then Sinister catches him with a left. And then it's like, all right, game over. And, like, hits him with, like, a snap suplex into a rolling guillotine choke. Yeah. Like, demolishes him. Yes. Uh, 12-pack thinks his nose might be broken. Chi-Chi, Sinister, and... Chi-Chi and Flex go on the date. Sinister also gets to come. <laughs> and uh, Big Rig wins the MVP, so he gets the one-on-one date. They have, like... They have, like, a hot tub date. Where they're, like, in her tub. Yeah. They just kind of hang out. And they have, like, a really dumb conversation about Johnny Depp. Yes. But, like, Big Rig tries to give Daisy the picture of his son. Big Rig is set up as being a really good guy at this point. Mm -hmm. Big Rig clearly cares about her. He's nice to her. He wants her to have the picture of his son. Yeah. 
And then uh, Daisy is talking to Six Gage about their careers as uh, exotic dancers. And Six Gage talks about how he, like, kind of grifted women for money. Yeah. And, like, he's not proud of it. Like, he's kind of just saying, like, that's what I had to do to survive. But Daisy's, like, really turned off by it. Right. Uh, the group date is tattoos. Mm-hmm. Sinister has the idea to have Daisy kiss him and get her lips tattooed on him. Chi-Chi immediately steals the idea. Yep. Because he wants to, I guess, have matching tattoos with Sinister, who's the person he seems to care most about in the house anyway. Well, then he wants to get matching tattoos with Daisy. Yeah. It's super weird. So Sinister just gets Sinister tattooed on him. Yeah, on his wrist. Yeah, and Sinister to this day goes by DJ Sinister. Oh, really? Yeah, he kept that. He's it's like, a good name. Yeah, he's like a decently famous DJ now. Oh, good for Sinister. And then Flex gets one of his own tattoos touched up. What a great move. Such a great move. He's like, see this thing on my arm? Darker, please. <laughs> yeah, he gets like, he gets his like mid-2000s tribal tattoo he, touched he, up. Yeah, he gets $100 is what he basically gets. Probably more than that. I'm assuming the tattoo artist they brought in was like top of the line. And he's like, yeah, it pops now. Yeah, mm. like, I'm assuming they brought in a very good tattoo artist, so he probably got like $500 of work done. So, then Fox confides in 12-Pack that he has a girlfriend who doesn't know he's here. 12-Pack is like, why are you confiding in me? Like, I <laughs> Why would you talk to me? Six-Gage sends flowers. Fox goes to talk to Daisy and takes credit for them. Yeah, whoa, <laughs> what a power move. He just walks in, he's like, hey, I just wanted to talk. Hey, those flowers are from me. <laughs> yeah, like, really, like, oh, I hope you like the flowers. Those are from me. Um, And then we get a real elimination. Well, he says, like, I had a girlfriend before I got here. But yeah. it's over, which is a lie. Yes, but that's going to be the key of the next episode. And he then talks to his friend on the phone in G-Speaks. Yeah. yeah. So I end up getting a phone call uh, from my brother, and he tells me that my girlfriend, she already found out that I'm on here. The plot thickens. Should I be gigging out? I'll gig out. What? Daniel, I don't understand. Are you talking G-language on me? She could, I guy, begale, a gout. In that language that, like, you haven't heard since middle school? Uh, uh. I could never see Hit a guy. Hit a good, hit a guy, hit a gal, hit a girl, hit a guh, hit a goof. I don't know. Should I tell her the truth? Yes. And his friend on the other line's like, are you talking G-speak to me? You doing G-language to me? (laughs) Uh, but it's it's a real elimination. Six gauges eliminated. Yeah. Poor Six Gage. I saw his penis. <laughs> Next one starts with Daisy cooking breakfast, and they are... <laughs> Making awful pancakes. They are horrific, and, like, Sinister, Chi-Chi, Fo- and Fox are like, uh, these aren't food. So this this is when it, they really start to shine the light onto me. What is great about this woman? Like, I, this is going to sound shallow, but this is how these shows are built up. Like, Brett Michaels was a rock star. Like, uh, Flavor Flav was a rap star. Like, the guy from The Bachelor is always, like, a quarterback. Or in Joe Millionaire, they said he was a millionaire. 
the bachelor or bachelorette starts with an intrinsic value that you can understand immediately that would be like, okay, I'm interested in pursuing this. Even if it's not like I love her immediately. It's like I see a reason why I would be attracted to this. Daisy, I see a reason to fight for it. Yeah. Daisy. Is hot. Mm. Mm. I mean, a lot of them are into the type of per- person Daisy is. Yeah. There are, I think almost all of them are like, I love her fake boobs. Yes. <laughs> That's a very common phrase. And so she's cooking and she's bad at it. And the only person who's thrilled is Big Rig. Big Rig is like wolfing him down like he's a great. I have food. Mm. Uh, 12 pack and Flex are so reluctant to eat it. And Carbs, then man. 12 pack gets a bonus date for taking a huge ass beating. Yeah. And, like, it's kind of, we're starting to break the form, and, like, we just needed to have time with 12-pack because he hasn't won a date yet. Yeah. But he's made it, like, halfway through the series. So you kind of get the feeling that they were, like, we need to push 12-pack. Yeah. So Fox is on the phone. Sinister and Chi-Chi come up with a plan to uh, trap Fox. Then 12-pack and Daisy have this weird, like, adventure date in a lingerie store that's closed for them. Yeah. Like, we're just going to try on sexy clothing. (laughs) And get drunk. And get drunk. And then the only important takeaway from this is 12-Pack asks not to be called 12-Pack anymore. Because he's like, that's the name New York gave me. I don't want to go by that. So now he's Dave-Pack. Dave-12-Pack. 12-Pack Dave. Dave slash 12-Pack. Yeah. Because they don't, they think we're too stupid to remember what his name is. Yeah. So Sinister is... Finishing the song he wrote for her, and he's waiting in her room. In, like, the nightmare scenario for Sinister, Daisy comes in drunk with 12-pack. Yeah. Are are we going to skip over the whole part where uh, Daisy puts on a cop outfit to be sexy for 12-pack, but blindfolds 12-pack first so he can't see it? I mean, he does get to see it because they come home wearing that stuff. (laughs) Like, I do not envy the manager of the lingerie shop Mm -hmm. where this happened. So, like, Sinister writes her a song, and the editors put in a part where she is spacing out and daydreaming about London during it. 12-Pack is drunk, Flex and Big Rig are just cracking beers and enjoying 12-Pack's drunkenness. And Sinister and Flex are kind of hanging out by the phone because Big Rig, Fox, and Chi-Chi are on a group date. Flex is going to get his own date later. Uh, So she's trying to spend time with all of the individual guys in this episode. There's not a challenge. Uh, Fox points out that Chi-Chi isn't hot enough for Daisy, and then uh, the calls start. They're at, like, dinner in the mansion. They're, like, in another part of the house. Right. So Sinister gets a call for Fox, and Flex interrupts dinner, and Daisy's pissed until uh, it comes out that Fox told the girl he was going on a hairstyling show. Yes. It should also be noted that Ricky Rackman asks Fox... Answer the question. Answer the question. Was this your last girlfriend? That was my last girlfriend. The last girlfriend. You don't live with this girl anymore. Not no more. No, I don't. And you moved out when? I moved out like a nervous amount of time ago. So he hasn't broken up with her. I was like, wait, what does that, those words don't mean anything. Yeah, Flex is packing Fox's stuff. And she's mad that it's Fox because she thought Fox was super hot. Yeah. Uh, Big Rig and Flex act out, throw things, get mad. Mm-hmm. And Ricky wants Fox gone. 
Yeah, it's like, it's obvious. Just get rid of Fox. And Daisy's like, but what if no? Sinister talks Big Rig down because Big Rig is acting out and throwing things. And much like Cable Guy, they're trying to keep him from going home. Right. For acting out. Sinister goes out, has a cigarette with Fox, and Fox, like, just continues to run his mouth. And she asks the men if she kept Fox, would they stay? Everyone says they would except uh, Flex, who does not commit to an answer. Mm-hmm. Uh... Fox tries to talk, but he doesn't really say anything, and Daisy snaps and tells him to get out. I want to know why you think you should stay in this house. I don't, you know, I mean, well, I mean, just knowing the fact that, you know, I mean, my last relationship was headed to turmoil, and there was a lot of, you know, bad physical... You know what, I just, I really don't want to hear it, you know? I think you're hot, and we... I thought we had a connection. We did. But you know what? It's time to break my own patterns. And you know what? I'm sorry, Fox. Get the f- out. Yes. And they applaud. Now that we've lost Fox, I would like you to try to do your best Fox speech. And I'll play the music over it. Please give me a topic. Uh, um... Hey, 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 Fox, uh, someone ate all the cookies. Do, do you know what happened to these cookies? Well, the cookies are an important part of the diet because, like, cookies are just, they're sweet, and cookies are great, and I, I wouldn't go near the cookies, but cookies. Give me one, give me one, give me one. Which Pokemon is the best Pokemon? Well, you know, like, with the things, the, the, the Pokemon and, like, the thing is, like, the best of, like, the, the Pokemon, like, to really evaluate the, the best of them is, like, it, it, it depends on you as a person and as, like, a trainer what the best is. And that's clear. Fox. That's how episode seven ends. So, Fox, I read an interview with Fox done after this episode aired, and he was like, yeah, uh... I swear I'm not that dumb. I was just hammered the entire time I was in the house. <laughs> and honestly, that holds up. Yeah. Because, like, in the interview, he strings together full sentences. <laughs> so I feel like he uh, he was, in fact, that wasted. Yeah. So the next thing is they do a five-course dinner with the remaining five men. Big Rig has to make a zucchini quiche. Flex has to make chicken cordon bleu. Twelve Pack makes a red velvet cake. Chi-Chi makes French onion soup. And Sinister makes lasagna. Now... This would make sense if these were Daisy's favorite foods. Exactly! This is so dumb! It kind of seems like the producers tried to figure out what was hard to make and did that. Yeah. Because, um, like, I was thinking, like, if I made a zucchini quiche, no, everyone in the house admits that they've never had a quiche. Yeah. So any complaint, you can then answer with, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. Yes. And no one can question you. <laughs> and like, chicken cordon bleu, like, Daisy then asks, like, is it supposed to be pink inside? Because there's ham in chicken yeah, cordon bleu. Yeah, it's ham. And if you're used to just eating chicken, that's off-putting. Yeah. So I can see where she's a little concerned. It kind of just looks like they were like, what are time-consuming, difficult recipes? Yeah. This is what you're making. And they go around the table and they say, who are the most and least compatible with, uh, you can't say yourself. Right. But who are the most and least compatible with Daisy? Chi-Chi, 
says Sinister is the most and Big Rig is the least. Right. Because uh, Chi-Chi is still trying to like be in an alliance with Sinister. Sinister says Flex the most, Big Rig the least. And Chi-Chi kind of like flounces out mm-hmm. in a fury and then returns. Big Rig says Flex most, Chi-Chi least. Dave says Flex most, Chi-Chi least. And then Flex says 12-pack most, Chi-Chi least. Mm-hmm. So Flex wins a date with Daisy for the other guys thinking he's compatible with her. And then Big Rig and Chi-Chi get a pair date for being least compatible with her. Mm-hmm. So everyone's partying. 12-pack and... Or Dave and whatever. Dave and Daisy are, like, together and Sinister interrupts. And Daisy gets upset. And 12-pack, like, is nice to Daisy and, like, calms her down. And mm-hmm. is just, like, a stable, nice dude. Or, again, good dude. Yes. 12-pack is good to Daisy. Sinister... Wines and throws a temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. In the, breaks, breaks a guitar. In, like, I think the first time in two episodes, she talks about him throwing a temper tantrum. Again, Sinister is nice. 12-pack is good. So then, like, Daisy storms off. Big Rig's done with him. And uh, Sinister, like, goes after her and does this thing of, like, you know, I should be allowed to express my feelings. And I have a huge issue with this. Yes, Sinister is totally entitled to express his feelings. But should not be doing so through acting out in violence. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have a conversation with Daisy. No. Even, like, Dave, who has an issue being called 12-pack, kind of says to Daisy, like, please stop calling me that. It's something someone else called me. I want you to call me Dave because I want you to know me, not this image of me. Right. And then Daisy's response is, okay. And then the problem is, goes away. Yeah. So, you know, they have the uh, date the next day. Flex and Daisy do archery. There's a really great moment where, like, they're making out and the archery instructor, who's this, like, avuncular older man, is just kind of, like, puttering in the foreground. It's a good shot. I like it. This is also where Daisy's like, anytime you hit the bullseye, you get a kiss. And it's like, this feels very eighth grade. Yeah, I was going to say high school. Yeah. Because I was stunted. Um, But it's very, again, this uncomfortable... um, evocation of youth like this i like i've been trying to hold back criticism of daisy a lot yeah because i feel bad making fun of daisy because there's clearly so many issues at play yeah there's like and i've also read that like she has she has had substance abuse issues Mm -hmm. she's probably hammered through most of this very true and I know she's had, like, mental illness issues with, like, suicide attempts. And... Really? So, like, I, I'm very reluctant to, like, pile on the Daisy. And this, like, very youthful, like, the you get a kiss when you hit the archery target kind of thing is part of why. Mm-hmm. Like, this very presentational sexiness and then, like, when the guard is down, it's this, like, very... Almost child, born sexy yesterday. Yeah. Like this very like childish, I'm uncomfortable with it. Hmm. So then like Sinister comes to her room. He apologizes for his outburst. And then Daisy kind of tells off Chi Chi. And tells him like he's really needy. And he just continues to kiss her ass. Yeah. Like Chi Chi by this point, I can't stand him. Yeah, they actually start playing, like, elementary music whenever Chi-Chi is on screen. Kind of like the Fox theme song. Yeah. 
but it's just very childish, like, kindergarten music. Yeah, like, he's very... Did you pick up on that? That they did it to Chi-Chi every time he was on screen? I didn't. <laughs> but it's this very, like... It makes sense, because he's also very juvenile. Like, very eighth grader in a first relationship. Yeah. Where, like, he is ridiculously devoted and what she says goes and there's no give and take he will just take he will just give 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 mm-hmm. because he doesn't want to fall out of favor um ricky and uh daisy have a conversation where he says like big rig is clearly falling in love with you are you falling in love with him and they have the elimination ceremony and big rig is eliminated and Ricky is super annoyed because Ricky wanted Chi-Chi to go because the Chi-Chi sinister dynamic is getting increasingly toxic. Yeah. So Ricky is visibly irritated during the elimination and says the phrase like, this is the part of the show where I give Daisy good advice, then she does whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and Big Rick is deeply upset. Yeah. Um, and this is like the first elimination that the audience kind of is meant to feel anything for. Yeah, it's very confusing because... And there's only there's four episodes left. He's the point. only one that has like attempted to win Daisy's favor through liking her. Yeah. Like and trying to connect with her on an emotional level. Yeah, like he has been there for her, he's been nice to her. Like and nice in a way that's like not superficial. Like the I know it seems very silly, but to me the cookie thing is like such a nice like new boyfriend thing to do. Yeah. <sighs> Um, a cookie is just a cookie, but Fig Newtons are fruit and cake. But when Noah and I first started dating, I was working on a project and I was having like a really difficult production period. And I came to his house and he had ordered Chinese food for me. Mm-hmm. And like, that was a longer time ago than I would like to publicly admit. Right, right. And like that gesture has stayed with me. Like it's mm-hmm. a very nice thing to have done. Yeah, it's my go-to move. It is. It, it, yeah. <laughs> Stick with what works, guys. Uh, Chinese yeah. food is your way of appeasing the beast. Yes. I would never say that. Yeah, I'm allowed to say it because it's about <laughs> me. Uh, so episode nine is they're, they're off-roading. And uh, I read an interview with Chi-Chi and Chi-Chi's furious about how this episode yeah, is because she goes off-roading with Chi-Chi and Flex, right? Yes. Yeah. And Flex is depicted as a daredevil. He's rolling with it. He's having a great time. And Chi-Chi drives really carefully. Mm-hmm. And Chi-Chi swears that he was really good at driving it and Flex stalled it a bunch of times and Flex sucks and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I imagine the truth is somewhere in the middle. I I would say the truth is more of what we're seeing because if you're stalling it a bunch of times, it's because you're doing a bunch of daredevil stuff you're not supposed to use with the car. Yeah. Like, being good at it and having fun are very different. That's fair. I do remember several go-kart related incidents uh, where a friend may or may not have been asked to leave a go-kart company for yelling Tokyo Drift and Tokyo Drifting a go-kart repeatedly. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, know what's the best part of go-karts? When you drive around and don't run into anything and you safely make it around the course oh my God. I was all in like the time. I was in like a three go-kart collision at too many games one year. Uh, Daisy flips the car over, mm-hmm. woman after my own heart, and uh, they... They kind of, like, have fun, but Flex is like, I'm already so injured. What's more injuries? <laughs> now I'm upside down. <laughs> uh, Sinister moves out of the room he shares with Chi-Chi. Mm-hmm. He moves into, like, a very nice bed. Yeah, he gets his own room. Yes. Because it's the, all those people had left. Yes. And then uh, 
Dinner later, 12-pack makes a joke that Sinister's name is Joshua Lee. And there, it does not go over well, because that's yeah. London's real name. Right. But then Daisy asks 12-pack for a nightcap anyway. And then we get one of my least favorite parts in this entire thing. Chi-Chi, in a move that's not creepy at all, camps in front of her room. Well, first, it should be noted that upon discovering that uh, Sinister has moved out of his room... Helps make Sinister's room better. Because yeah. there's like a shot of him like bringing him toilet paper or something. It's yeah. super weird. Like, Chi-Chi is just sad. Yeah, and then he wants to camp out in front of the room and I want to see Daisy now and miss her. I love her and I miss her. Mm. It's very juvenile. Yes. And then the doorbell rings. Ricky answers. Ricky smiles, steps back, and greets the person kindly and lets him in. It's London. But he's eliminated! Yeah, the, sh- the game is inherently broken. Right. Um. So then Ricky knocks and Daisy goes like, what's the password? Because she's emotionally 14. Right. Um, I think that's what it is. I think she has a case of emotional arrested development. Yes. And Ricky brings London to her door, opens it, and kind of just like hucks London in and leaves. Yeah. And Daisy, like, freaks out. Ricky's like, there's unfinished business. Bye. And they're rounded up. And Ricky goes, well, I know who can tell the boys that London's back. And Daisy's like, who? And Ricky's like, oh, you you have to do it. You? Oh! Um, No one's happy. But Chi-Chi lets London move into his room with him because he supports Daisy in all of her decisions. <laughs> and we're already in the elimination. Uh, London is permitted to stay, but he doesn't get a pass. Um... It's almost like the producers realized they were low on people. Yeah. And the elimination is Chi-Chi getting a Just Friend speech. Yes. And we lose Chi-Chi and Sinister's okay with it. Yeah, Sinister's completely like, that's fine. So then episode 10 starts. uh, 12 Packs makes London do a shot of hot sauce to initiate him back into the house. Yeah. And 12 packs like I've eaten or uh London's pretty much like I've eaten garbage this is fine. Yeah. Um So then we get this another great sinister tantrum. London and Daisy are making out. Sinister picks flowers and awkwardly like puts flowers in her face while she's making out with London and then throws a tantrum. This is when he breaks the guitar apparently. Oh, I'm sorry. But he throws another tantrum and he almost breaks a camera. And uh, Flex is laughing hysterically. Yeah. When did that hit the camera? That don't, and this is because this is an important part. He goes, oh my god, did that hit the camera? And the cameraman turns to show Flex that it hit the camera. Kind of implying a relationship between talent and crew. Yeah. I, which I could totally buy because, you know, in these shows, each show is two days. And we're seeing 40 minutes a lot of which is taken up by the bloat of the talking heads. And so we're filming this house 24 hours a day. Right. They probably got to see Flex, especially the ones who were there for a longer time. And Flex 12-pack Fox, a lot of them were just clearly, based on the post-credit scenes, funny around yeah. the house. Mm-hmm. So I could totally see where, like, there's camaraderie. Right. Especially because camera crews tend to be um, disproportionately male. Right. So I can imagine there's like a boys club feeling in the house. So they do the standard X episode. Mm -hmm. 
your ex comes. Now, 12 Pack is scared because that's how he got thrown out in I Love New York, because his ex said she thought he was gay. Right. So then we have Kathy, who is 12 Pack's, like, 8th grade girlfriend. Uh, Kia, who is Flex's, like, major girlfriend before this. And Ashley, Sinister's ex-girlfriend. Sinister is afraid because he knows things ended badly with Ashley. Flex is totally chill. Right. And so is 12-Pack. 12-Pack's actually outright happy to see Kathy. Because mm-hmm. they're still friendly. And they dated so long ago that it's all water and bridges. And then London's friend Natasha. Yeah. Not an ex. And everyone's mad because London brought a friend. Yeah. So, like, Kathy super defends 12-Pack. Ashley's really defensive and cagey. And takes Daisy aside and says, like, I need to say something to you in front, not in front of the other girls. And asks if Sinister ever gets rough. Yeah. Because it comes out that Sinister at one point hit her. It was by accident. It was rough housing that got out of hand. But it was something she felt like she needed to warn Daisy about. And then the psychic readings. Well, just real quick on this topic of the exes. How tempted do you think VH1 was to make 12 Packs X... New York. I think there's only one reason it wasn't. I think New York was already filming. New York Goes to Work. Oh, really? I think New York Goes to Work was airing at the same time. Which means they were probably in production at the same time. Because, like, it would have created a completely different tone for that show. Like, and almost like a ruining show. Because it would have become the New York show. Yeah, I think Daisy was not a strong enough presence. Yeah. And there's the risk of, like... They do try to shelter the Bachelorette mm-hmm. from problems, and New York would have been mean to Daisy. Yeah, 100%. And Daisy would not have been able to handle it. Because if you watch, like, she is very kind to and receives kindness from Kathy, Kia, Ashley, and Natasha. Mm-hmm. There's no drama between the women. Yeah, they all seem to be cool people. Yeah. Um. So, Kia is still has unfinished... Uh, business flex and that comes across in the psychic reading uh 12 pack announces he doesn't believe in psychics until his reading is really flattering yeah suddenly he's like i've always believed in this of course (laughs) and then daisy asks each of the men who should be in the final with her and everyone says 12 pack and daisy's like all right 12 pack you're in the final you will not be eliminated tonight yeah and 12 pack's like "Uh, thanks guys cool and then it kind of looks like Kia and Flex have some unfinished business. Like, they kind of seem like they're not totally over. And then uh, she invites London to mm-hmm. go to the final two, leaving Flex and Sinister heartbroken. And then she breaks kayfabe and calls Sinister by his real name when she apologizes to him in the confessional. She calls him Trip, which is his real name. Right. Uh, Flex stands there, he's heartbroken, and he is waiting for his elimination speech. And Daisy says, like, screw the rules, you're going to Maui too. Which is not... Screw the rules, because I feel like it's always three who go to the final episode. Because one's always kind of field eliminated early, and then the final is between the two. The next episode is the clip show, and I really have no reason to talk about the clip show. Uh, no, there's nothing special about the clip show. Oh, wait, no, there's one very important thing to see about the, say about the clip show. It's completely uncensored on VH1. Or Dicks. on Hulu. Yeah, we saw too much of too many. 
Yeah, we saw 12-pack stick, and we, we saw, I believe it was Big Rig, as he's doing a naked somersault into the pool. Uh, yeah, I don't know who it was, and I don't want to know. I don't... Do you want to pull it up? We can, we wanna, super do you want to see 12-gauge stick? I really... 6-gauge, no. Um, <laughs> oh, I bet melded them into one person. Yikes. Me. So, we're finally into the finale. Everyone's in Maui. Uh, they get... The men are put into a suite together, and they try to kick London out. But he finds the second bedroom has a king bed. Yeah, he's like, well, this is mine then. So then Flux and 12-pack reenact my literal nightmare. (laughs) Like, I don't like anybody on my bed who's not me. Or, like, someone who also has a right to be there. Or a dog. But they're, like, in the room with shoes on. (laughs) Just on the pillows. Yeah, it's, like, literally... What a nice bed you have, London! (laughs) Which is funny because, like, London also has probably slept in a dumpster at some point. So, like, they're kind of picking the worst target because London is not gonna care. So, they... Ricky is horrified because he comes in he's like, you guys have been here for an hour and a half. (laughs) And the room is, like, already trashed. Uh, They have a group date of stand-up paddleboarding. And there's this beautiful dinner where they carry Daisy in ceremonially. And London's trying to apologize. Flex attacks London repeatedly. And then confesses his feelings for Daisy. Right. 12-pack can't articulate his feelings in front of Flex and London. hmm And, like, he storms off because she's kind of dismissive of the fact that he can't open up in front of the other guys. So, like, Flex consoles her that she's doing the right thing and 12-pack takes it super hard. Because, oh, they get to the airport, which I forgot to put in my notes and then I was like, why doesn't this make any sense? They're going to the airport the next day for their date. Yeah. And she field eliminates 12-pack on the runway. This whole scene is amazing because they're up, she's up there like, I have to do an elimination now. It's going to be really hard because it's just a two of you and it keeps cutting to the three of them standing in a line going, can you hear her? Like, I can't hear a word she's saying. We're at an airport. <laughs> yeah, like, she's not mic'd. It's super loud. What? And 12-pack is heartbroken and takes it really hard. And Daisy comes off really badly in this elimination. Well, <laughs> she sends London to a... A limo. A limo. And then Flex and her get on a helicopter and fly away. And then Dave's just at an airport... <laughs> Yeah, but, like, the other thing is, she goes, like, can't you at least try to be happy for me? And it's, Mm. like, you're not entitled to that. Like, he is upset. Well, this is the first, like, besides, like, Big Rig and maybe Sinister, like, difficult elimination. Yeah. Usually it's very clear who needed to be eliminated. Yeah. Or someone quits. Yes. So they go to dinner. uh, So she spent the whole day with Flex. They do the helicopter ride, they go to dinner, uh, they make out, and she goes, like, pretty much, like, check, please. And London is in the hotel room getting more and more agitated. As the night wears on, he realizes Flex isn't coming home. Yeah. So Flex spends the night with Daisy. Uh, in an interview with Flex, he maintains that no one had sex with Daisy. Okay. While they were in the house. Um, no one deflowered her? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sit down. Everyone, Please. Please remain seated. You're Thank using you. that term wrong. That Thank would imply you. she was a virgin when she got there, which I don't necessarily. Thank think. you. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. So then it's London's day with Daisy, and like they spend the day together, and Daisy ends up crying when London leaves because she's so conflicted. Right. So then we have Ricky having his last conference with Daisy, and she's like, 
you were really happy this morning when Flex left. And now London left and you're crying. I feel like this is really obvious what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. So they have the elimination and it's super obvious that like Flex is a really good person who loves her and London, maybe he'll change his ways, but you know, you don't know. And she says, Flex is what I need right now, but London is what I want. And she chooses London and that's how the show ends. Ricky is furious. Uh, and, like, it's kind of obvious. Like, if you just watch the show, it's like, well, she clearly loves London. Yeah. Is, is infatuated with London. Yeah. Oh, look, she picked London. Yeah. By September, he had gotten another girl pregnant. Like, this aired... Awesome. Because uh, this aired from May to July mm-hmm. in 2009. So, you know, happy 10th anniversary. Like, he was... He'd gotten another girl pregnant. They were off and on. They clearly didn't last. Uh, London's return was a genuine surprise, but Daisy had attempted to orchestrate it. Oh, really? Like, Daisy had planted the seeds with the producers, but did not know when. Okay. And did not know that he was coming back. Just that she wanted London to come back. But, like, it makes sense that she had actually tried to get him back. Hmm. So, like, the game was over when that happened. Yeah, absolutely. So... He, you know, clarified that he was staying with his father and he was planning to move back to New York. And he says, like, I never drink that much. Like, that show was out of time. Uh, Several people are very active on social media and are musicians. Uh, Six Gage is a musician. Yes. Um, So is Sinister. His brothers have toured with Mudvayne and Slipknot. Nice. Um, And then uh, Fox hated how he was portrayed. He acknowledged he was hammered during the taping. Uh, Daisy felt she had been represented fairly because she felt she had been genuine. Really? Yeah. Now, there's a really interesting twist that there is a theory that it was never supposed to be Daisy. Okay. Who had the show. It has traditionally, like, been the runner-up. New York. Right. Was the runner-up of Flavor Flav 1, and she got her own show. I believe Frank the Entertainer was the runner-up, and then, like, Real and Chance were brothers, so they got their own, like... I don't think Entertainer was the runner-up. Oh, maybe he wasn't. I don't... The second season of uh, I Love New York is a little, like, fuzzy to me. He was just... He was really popular on I Love Money. Yeah, that's it. And he had, like, a thing with Pumpkin. Yeah. So, uh, Heather Caldwell, who had been the runner-up of the first season of Daisy of Love. Yes. Was allegedly supposed to get a show and supposed to get a development deal. And then she lost it when she got into a physical altercation with Daisy during the Rock of Love 2 reunion show. Huh. So that's the theory. Uh, Daisy does admit she fell in love with London at first sight. Uh, Speaking of reunion shows, this one doesn't have one. Yeah, and Daisy acknowledges that it's weird. Daisy says, like, you know... uh, They're never that highly rated, so VH1 probably didn't want to put the money in... Because you don't think, like, it would cost a lot, but you have to fly everybody out and put them up. Yeah, but, like, man, I'm interested in what happened to all these humans. Yeah, I would have loved if they'd just done, like, a 10-year reunion show. And then one of the other things with this not getting a reunion show was this aired in July uh, 2009. Uh, What else also happened in 2009 is the death of celebrity. Right. Uh, The show Megan Wants a Millionaire which I've mentioned frequently, started airing in August 2009. Like, I believe it aired in Daisy of Love's time slot. Yeah. After Daisy of Love was over. 
And Megan, I believe, was the third runner-up of da- of um, the second season. Second season of Rock of Love. That that kind of makes sense. And I know she was on I Love Money. Yes. Because that's where she meets Brandy C., who is her, like, best friend on the show. Right. So that starts running in August. After one of the contestants goes on the run because of a murder. Yeah. Uh, they stop airing Megan Wants a Millionaire. Because he got too far in the show for them to edit him out. Yes. And they have to entirely cancel the third season of I Love Money. Yeah, because, because he, was he on won. That. Oh, he did. He won. Yes. And he's a millionaire. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, he wants to be famous, I guess. Mm, now he's infamous. Yeah, so he. Um, yeah, it was the murder of his wife that he married after the show concluded. Right. And, and it's like a gruesome murder, if I remember this correctly. Yes. She had to be identified by the serial numbers in her breast implants. Are you gonna... Are you alright? <laughs> that's, that's just a very wild sentence. Well, he... You know, you know that they usually use, like, dental records or fingerprints. Right. And... He had pulled out her hair, or her, he'd cut off her fingers and pulled right. out her teeth. Right. It's just. It's very <laughs> gruesome. Yeah. Uh, so they actually put Megan Once a Millionaire on hiatus out of respect for her fam, for the young woman's family, and then canceled the show altogether when uh, Ryan Jenkins, who was the contestant, was found dead. Mm hmm. And they realized he he had definitely committed the murder. Yeah. So that killed celebrity. Yeah, there hasn't been one like this since. No, they went in a completely different direction. They stopped doing these kinds of shows. Yeah. So that's probably one of the reasons we never got a reunion show. Like, if we were going to get a reunion show, maybe it would have aired after Megan Wants a Millionaire. I feel like the reunion show airs after the finale. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they just, they had Megan Wants a Millionaire ready to go. Maybe. And they were just like, we're going to start airing this show. But like, what happened to Flipper? That's like a great question for someone to have in watching this. Yeah. Flipper is a stuntman. In uh, 2013, he sued Sony because he was hospitalized after a stunt for the Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance DVD release went wrong. <laughs> okay. And um, so he's a stuntman. I The... Video taken the day after he left the show is so obnoxious it's almost unwatchable. Yeah. Uh, Twelve Pack works for an auction house. Okay. Uh, not far from where we record, actually. Right, right. We'll go see him. <laughs> yeah, that's not creepy at all. Uh, and everybody else, like on Instagram, looks like they're just kind of like living their lives. Uh, London got his lip pierced because he's afraid of aging. Okay. That's pretty much the takeaway. Cool. So, like, everybody seems like they're doing okay. I didn't look into Chi-Chi because I just... Didn't care enough? I really just didn't want to think about him ever again. Uh, yeah, because there's only one more of these shows that appears to air. I Love Money 4 airs the next year. That was probably already in production when this... I Love Money 4? But we skip I Love Money 3 completely? Yes. Huh. Um, but I Love Money 4 was probably already in production. Um, 
there's people who are in Daisy of Love who appear in I Love Money 4. Uh, Six Gage, hmm. Brooklyn, and Chi Chi. Oh. All appear in this. As well as a couple of people from Megan Wants a Millionaire, uh, four contestants from that show. None of whom we ever really got to know of because that show was canceled. Right. Which makes me think that they were, the show was already like Done. in production. Yeah. Um, it aired the next year. They waited almost a year to air this show. Right. Uh, they aired it in September 2010. I watched this first run because of course I did. So they waited like almost an entire year out of respect. Right. And because uh, I Love Money 3 had been canceled. So, hmm. and then the only other one was like The Real Chance. Yeah, Real Chance at Love, right. No, no, Real Chance, Real and Chance Legend hunter, Hunters, where they were looking for like uh, sharks, the Hagasaurus, which is a legendary wild boar. What is this show? I'm, uh, they're looking for a legendary grizzly bear called Thunderclaw. So it's just Real and Chance in the woods? Yes. We watched the wrong show. I, I love Daisy of Love. Uh, Real of Chance, Real Chance shows are a little sad because uh, Real sadly died of cancer. Yeah, I did a know few he years passed ago. away. Um, so he, those are a little bit like steeped in tragedy because of his very untimely passing. Right. So like, but this essentially was the end of this, uh, was the end of this genre of tv mm -hmm. and if you click on the surreal life franchise on wikipedia there are like easily 20 shows yeah that all sprung out of this yes and uh i guess we gotta ask the question now though stay tuned or stay tuned so i love this show right it is a stay doomed by virtue of the game over rule I think if we had, uh, I think if you just had a reality show about the guys in the house, mm -hmm. or maybe, like, you know, a case of 12-pack. Yeah. Like, that, those shows could have been good, but I don't think you could do another show hinging on Daisy. Yeah. Because the game was so broken that either she plays by the rules in the next game and it's less interesting. Because it's going to be really obvious the producers have her on a tight leash. Or she breaks the game again and she's frustrating. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a frustrating ending to have her go through all this with Flex and choose London, who got to just skip a few episodes. Yeah. I mean, like, the idea of taking these people and putting them and seeing more of them is I Love Money. Yeah. But a sequel to Daisy of Love would be Daisy and All New Dudes. Yeah. And Daisy is the worst part of this show. Yeah. Her emotional arrested development... Yeah, like she is incredibly uncomfortable. Her choices are frustrating. And like the way these shows usually work is like the debate of, well, who do you think is actually better for her? And really, I don't know enough about her from this show to know what she's like. Because we spend so much time with the guys and you when you watch like Rock of Love, because I watched a few episodes with you as you were doing research, uh. The women's game plans are, how can I impress Brett? Yes. In this, so much of it is, what can I do 
to get Fox out of the house. Yeah. So it's all about picking off the people below you instead of getting higher. Yes. That's not what this show should be. I mean, it's the most interesting part of the show because her decisions feel arbitrary. And her decisions feel like the end game was pre-decided to be London. Yeah. You shouldn't feel as, like, you should feel bad for Flex and 12-Pack, but I don't think you're meant to feel as bad for them as you do. Yeah. Because you kind of feel like they were playing a rigged game. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not right. It's just dumb. Like. Yeah, like, her choices ruin the show in a lot of ways. And, like. It's her decision, but, like, it's also just bad storytelling and bad script writing. Yeah, and everybody on the show doesn't want to lose. Nobody ever sounds like they want to win. That's true. It's like, I don't want to go home this week. It's never like, I want to be with Daisy forever. Yeah, like, even Megan, who is, like, not a good person on Rock of Love, kind of goes like, I'm going to marry Brett. Like... Her motives are clearly Brett-centered, or she's smart enough to make it look that way. Because her, she's pretty transparently fame-centered, but she's smart enough to try to sell herself as Brett-centered. Yeah. And the only person who tries to sell themselves that way is Chi-Chi, and it doesn't work. Right. Because he doesn't really try to focus on being what she wants. He focuses on obsequiously uh, being a sycophant to her the entire time. Yeah. It's a stay doomed from me as well. I figured. Uh, like, it's one of those things where it's like, it it's great for what it is, and what it is is not correct. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a disaster, but it's a great train wreck to watch. Yeah, it's really fun to watch. Uh, it's not gonna work. It would not have worked long term. Yeah. Uh, because honestly, watch rewatching Rock of Love, I can't believe he got more than one season. Mm-hmm. Because he is despicable during that show. Yeah. He is horrific over the course of Rock of Love. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And, but, like, at least he's a character in the show. Yeah. It's kind of like I Love New York. She is terrible and mean, but part of it is watching her be terrible and mean. Yeah. So this is a Stay Doomed by virtue of the Game Over rule, because I'd have to retool this show so hard it's not Daisy of Love anymore. Yeah, absolutely. What are we watching next week? Next week, uh, we were on the fence, so I'm just going to say it now. Uh, we are watching Opposite Worlds, Ooh. as requested by our friend Emily. Hi, Emily. Yeah, so other people as well have also requested it, but Emily was first. Yay! So. Opposite Worlds it is. Where can people find us? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And can people see us live anywhere? Uh, I believe that our next uh, booking is in Washington, D.C. at Otakon on July 26th. Yeah, so come see us there. If you think you've got the best of me, I'm at TV's Noah. If you've literally appeared on any celebrity reality show and want to talk about literally anything... I'm at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed. And remember, this is stay doomed of love, not stay doomed of kill. Mm. <laughs>